Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. going on everybody welcome to back to the classics the cinematic movie podcast that takes you back to the iconic films of 20 years ago i am your boy jay alonzo how you doing did you miss me because i missed you k williams my partner in crime is normally with me but today he is not here but i have somebody special very near and dear to my heart an extreme talent beyond everybody else a mentor to me a dear friend Ladies and gentlemen, y'all make some noise for actor, writer, director, producer, teacher, homeboy, Marcus Fulmar. Marcus, what's going on, man? Yo, what's going on? I appreciate that uh, introduction. Yeah, I try, I work on them. I, I want to make sure that when I got all my guests on, I'm definitely trying to give them the light, you know, because we're going to hang out for like an hour. So essentially, you know, it's about you. I want you to look good. Forget me. <laughs> all right no, no, I'm not that. i got no problem with that cool so once again want to thank you for uh being on the show like i said i've known you pff, what are we looking at a couple years now uh i was gonna say six could yeah, be seven something like that and yeah 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 and and you run this fantastic class acting class called the booking room which i'm a student of a past student of before we get to the other stuff, I want you to, to explain that first. Exactly what is the Booker Room and how can the Booker Room benefit the up-and-coming talent that we have uh, making their way to L.A. or to New York or their next uh, place? Well, the Booking Room is a school. We focus in on audition preparation. You know, when I first came to Los Angeles, I had to go through the circuit of auditioning and making mistakes. And, you know, I feel like if you do enough auditioning, you eventually learn the do's and don'ts and uh, learn to sort of master that very strange um, environment that it can be inside that audition room. But casting directors have very long memories Mm -hmm. and you don't want to kind of make that bad impression. You'd rather make all your mistakes somewhere else else so having been out there and learned a lot i kind of thought like you know i wish there was a place where i could learn all of those things and make those mistakes so that when i'm hitting these audition rooms 
off the bat, making great first impressions. And so that's why I put together the booking room. It's an on-camera class. We come, we treat that uh, classroom just like it's the audition room, like you're in a casting office, and we put things on tape. And, you know, I kind of coach the actors and get them up to speed. So now, whenever they get a piece of material, they know exactly what to do with it. Nice. And you have the, the background to definitely give people the uh, the proper tools they need to, to get to that next, to at least book the job. And then once you get, you know, get your foot in the door, then you're in the door. And that's one of the, the main special things about the booking room. From personal experience myself, you know, you've taught some of the, 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 the craziest yet unique techniques in, on how to get your foot in the door. So looking at your IMDb, um, oh. your credits are great, by the way. <laughs> um, go ahead and uh, let the listeners know exactly how you get your start. You went to Northwestern University, correct? Well, I went to Northwestern, yes. And I, I studied uh, film and acting at Northwestern, but my start actually came before that. Mm-hmm. I was a child actor, uh, living in Denver, Colorado, so there were limited opportunities, but there were some there, and I uh, was in this group called Kid Skits, mm-hmm. and it was a performing company, but they also had a conservatory where they were teaching classes, and they had a talent agent. So I booked my very first job when I was in the ninth grade uh, on a show called Father Dowling Mysteries. Now, that is not on my IMDb. <laughs> I, I took that off. Because it would make me seem super old because nobody remembers that show. And I have to explain, I was just a child when I did that. But um, We all that, had a choice. Right. <laughs> you know, it totally, uh, you know, it was an NBC show starred um, the father from Happy Days. I'm Henry Winkler, the Fonz? No, no, no. no um, the Fonz. <laughs> anyway, anyway I'm, I'm, but Happy Days Daddy was a priest. <laughs> who basically was the father of a church uh, by day and by night. He was a junior detective. So I played a neighborhood kid named Mike. And, you know, I just got the bug from then and went on to Northwestern and did some auditioning in Chicago while I was getting my formal training. Um, You know, did some industrials and some commercials there in Chicago. And then, you know, upon coming to L.A., my first big job out here was Frasier. That kind of started the Hollywood run and been going ever since. Okay. You have, um, among your, your list of, of talents, uh, screenwriting is definitely up there for you. Um, you had a script. I remember me and you talked about this years ago uh, for a movie that you wrote called The List. Um, yeah. A lot of the listeners who listen to this show are screenwriters, and, and we, we like to go back and we talk about how uh, writing is different from... Uh, back in the day when these movies came out to present day, when a lot mm-hmm. of the movies we're getting now are the comic book joints, we're getting uh, a lot of the remakes, rehashes, right. you know, it just keeps on going. So I thought the story that you told me about when you got the list uh, produced, yeah, I think that's a great story. If you could tell them that story, that'd be awesome. Well, I, you know, like I mentioned at Northwestern, I did sort of two programs. I was in the acting, but also in the film program. Mm -hmm. And I sort of made film the uh, writing, writing for the screen became sort of my area of focus. So the earliest version of this movie, I actually wrote in class. 
and, you know, came out to L.A. And after a while feeling like I'm supposed to be doing writing and acting, but I really wasn't doing any writing, I revisited that script and just started, you know, retooling it and retooling it till essentially it was a brand new script. And then I uh, submitted it to a few different of these writing fellowships and festivals and whatnot. And I ended up winning one of the uh, screenwriting competitions. And that's kind of what got the ball rolling. I met a manager that ended up wanting to be um, the producers, independent producers of the film. And so they were all over the world really looking for financing. And they found money in Germany to make this little romantic comedy and, (laughs) You know, once we got Wayne Brady attached to be the uh, male lead of it, it got a little bit bigger. So we ended up having Wayne Brady, uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner, the the female, um, the romantic interest was played by Sydney Tamaya Portier, the the legend's daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, Jane Lynch was in it. Ileana Douglas, a great indie cast. And, um, you know, that was a great learning experience. But... I like what you said, the difference between then and now. I mean, it's a great story. There's not a lot of special effects. I mean, you you used to have time to sort of let stories play out and, you know, relationships develop. And I think uh, <laughs> with the attention span of the whole world being so much shorter now, that's kind of uh, seeped into the filmmaking. It's the uh, it's the shiny red ball syndrome. It's it's always been that way. Well, not always, but it seems like the order we get, it just becomes a if it's not a remake or a superhero <laughs> movie or you know a bad parody of something, it's just <laughs> it's a shiny red ball syndrome. You know. Um, one more question before we get into a two minute drill. Um, what's next for you? What's what do you got coming up next? I actually have a web series that I wrote. It's called Alleyway. And I wrote it. I directed it. I star in it. It was just a great exercise to sort of bring together all of the um, different aspects of what I do. I even cast it with uh, all of my students. So it becomes like a great showcase also for the booking room. So if you look it up, uh, alleywayseries.com, every actor you see is a booking room student, past or present. Our host of this show makes a little cameo. I do make well. a small appearance in the show. Um, it was great, you know, for my uh, 30 seconds of fame. <laughs> Never mind. It's not about me. It's not about me. Right. We're bringing you back, though. But uh, <laughs> that is what I'm working on right now, actually. Uh, a season two of that. Um, I have a couple other film projects that I'm rewriting. Um, um you know, one family film as well as one comedy. So I got I got my hands in a lot of writing stuff. And, you know, right now it's pilot season, so there's some auditioning going on as well. So I just try to keep a lot of uh, balls in the air. Is that what they say? Irons in the fire. Yeah, that, irons in the fire sounds more legit than balls in the air. <laughs> Like but, you know, just kind of juggle the balls, you know, it's, it's a little weird. Right, we'll go with that. <laughs> All right, so, uh, once again, we are so lucky to have you on. I thank you. We're going to have some fun with this show. The first thing we're going to do is two men and drill, in which we rapid fire questions back to each other. In two minutes, and whoever gets the uh, these questions right can start the uh, 
the the real talk segment of the show. Even though you're my guest, I'm gonna let you do that, sir. All right. So I am asking you trivia questions. questions yes. Yeah. Me. Only about the movie, though. Only about the movie. Only yes. about the movie. Okay. Okay. All right. So two minute drill starts now. Who directed this film? Mike Newell. Okay. Okay. Uh, Finish this quote. All the best cooks are. All the best cooks are. Uh, men. Correct. All the best cooks are men. Yes. One to one. Uh, what is a fugazi? A fugazi is a fake. Okay. It's a fake, Don. <laughs> uh, what famous actor's death is mentioned in this movie? Ooh, what famous actor's death? Uh, John Wayne. The Duke. That's right. Two, two. This is a hard one. Okay. Where is Lefty from? What street is Lefty oh, from? Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. I know he says it in, like, the very beginning, but what the hell does he say? You know, Al Pacino's been old for years, so I'm trying to, you know, figure that part out. But, um... Third and twenty fifth. No, <laughs> Mulberry Street. Mulberry Street is the answer. All right. Okay. We got forty seconds. Um, how must a wise guy carry his money? In a roll, never in a wallet. G. That's G. We got thirty seconds. You're up two to no, sorry, three to my two. What's the name of the hotel that um, in Florida that they they're gonna re the club that they're gonna reopen? King's Court. That is correct. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, three, three. Okay, uh, got ten seconds. Uh, what does it mean when you get sent for? Ooh, might mean you're about to get whacked. <laughs> you gotta go for sure, though. So you won. Um, and you only, you only beat me by one. All right, so don't. I got all right. that mulberry question. That mulberry question. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the intro and then you can kick it off. All right. So okay. if you don't know what movie we're talking about, we are taking it back to 1997 with Donnie Brasco, one of Johnny Depp's better performances. You know, before the pirate thing, mm-hmm. whatever. He just kind of took a turn for the worst, personally. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> original release date February 28th, 1997. Shares opening weekend with Booty Call, last week's movie. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what to see? Oh my God, the choice. That must have been a difficult weekend. Booty call? <laughs> booty call or Donnie Brasco? Yeah. That Two might be a double feature. Films. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, box office total of $124 million with a production budget of $35 million. Mm-hmm. Made some money back. Gotcha. Absolutely. Gotcha. Movie currently sits at an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is that a fair? Is that fair? That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's that's solid. Okay. All right. So, with that being said, Real Talk is part of the show where we pretty much just break down the plot and uh, have a good time talking about it. So, the floor is yours, sir. Kick us off in Real Talk. Okay. Um, Donnie Brasco. Basically, we got a movie about an undercover FBI agent to just jump into the middle of it. At the point that we meet, who's known as Don the Jeweler, 
we meet him. He's been undercover already for almost two years, just sort of building up a rep as a jeweler. He's hanging out in the places where he could meet uh, the wise guys. And in our first scene, we basically have him at a bar and he's detected uh, by Lefty. That's Al Pacino. He's like, who's this guy? Oh, that's Don the Jeweler. Basically, uh, you know, all of the upper upper uh, power team is meeting. And um, he ends up going up there to uh, Don the Jeweler. He has a ring that he's been given. It's a diamond ring. And he's like, hey, you know, uh, do you know where I can unload this, basically? What do you think about this? <laughs> is that your uh, Italian accent? <laughs> I, I might be slipping in here. I don't know. <laughs> was not intentional. <laughs> well, okay. I will try it right here, though, because um, Donnie takes a look at it, and he's like, eh, it's a fugazi. It's a fugazi. Look, it's a fugazi. <laughs> a fugazi. What do you mean a fugazi, Al Pacino? And that means a fake. I love how no matter what's going on in this movie, everything's a fucking question. Like, everything <laughs> is a question. What do you mean it's Fugazi? A Fugazi? <laughs> Fugazi. You know you fucking talking about... to? Fugazi. Right. <laughs> and uh, he, he calls, um, what does he say? You know, what do you, what do you, I'm not, a Dunksky? I think that was in the same scene. There was like uh, a... Dump, Dumpsky? Dumpsky. Something like that? Yeah, something like that. Like, yeah, what do you think, I'm a chump? I would have said chump or something like that. But um, based on... Uh, Donnie's say we've got Al Pacino, or I should say Lefty, aka. Do you know his? Um, you know that was another one of my questions. Some of his aliases. Yes, that's actually my takeaways. We'll get to that later. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that. I'm gonna <laughs> say that. But um, they go and see the guy who gave Lefty this uh, ring, who claims it's worth eight thousand dollars, and now he's like, one of you guys is lying. Is it uh, is it worth eight thousand dollars or is it a fugazi? And um, I don't know. I kind of got the feeling that maybe it was a real ring, but you know, Donnie ends up beating this dude down just to you know save his life mm-hmm. ultimately, and that gets him in deeper, gets uh, wins his the respect and trust of Lefty, and now basically Lefty. He resolves the situation, takes the guy's Porsche in exchange for the $8,000 ring, and now they're riding down over the bridge, and uh, he's like, basically, you're going to be my guy. Yeah, um, um, that part's awesome because uh, before we get to the, uh, you know, you're going to be my guy part, uh, Lefty takes Donnie over to uh, meet up with uh, Jilly. That way, Jilly can pretty much, uh, you know, confirm who Donnie is. That's his man. I vouch for him. Once that happened, then Donnie was down with Lefty and all that. Let me ask you a question. And, yeah. and just to kind of jump off topic for a split second. Undercover cop movies. Yeah. Should they be making a comeback? Should they be making a comeback? I think, um, I, are you suggesting they are? I'm trying to think, like, when's the last time? The last real one we had was what? I like, I, I love these type of stories. Right? I do, I do too. Um, I think the, the man, how long has it been since we had a undercover cop, real deep in the shit movie? Um, what what was the movie? Uh, the Departed. The Departed. I mean, I think that was 
Maybe the last one. The last official one. I was going to say In Too Deep with LL Cool J and uh, Omar Epps, but I'm going a bit too far <laughs> <Okay>. back. <laughs> you went back, uh, and I also like... Um... Oh, man. Lawrence Fishburne, right? Uh... Um... Oh man, what's the movie? I called? should have done my research on that. <laughs> oh man, uh, is it A Day in the Life? A Day in the Life. I don't know what that is. Oh man, I, th- I think he directed it. Okay. Is it no. not? I don't. I don't know. Now I'm gonna jump on the internet and, and tell you what I'm talking about. But <laughs> <laughs> stand by on that. All right, no problem. But anyway, but, um, yeah, no, I think I would happily go see another one. I think they're they make good movies. They make good character studies because. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always this crisis of, like, I got into it because I have a certain set of beliefs. But, you know, I think um, any good any good gangster movie, really, is going to do a good job of humanizing these villains. Like, you know, The Godfather, you know, any of these things. We end up rooting for the bad guy, like, because we like them on some level. And so... When you're coming in as the guy that's supposed to take them down, if you have this undercover movie, it's always going to be this interesting conflict. Like, you know, I like this guy. I'm working with him. I've gained this trust, yet I have this mission. So, You know, um, and to me, it's, it's something about an undercover movie, an undercover cop movie that has all the suspense, all the drama. Like I said, it is a character study. But, mm-hmm. you know, they always have that part in the movie where the character, like the guy that's undercover has now gone like a hundred times deeper into the shit now to the point where he's in too deep now, you know, and he has to make a really drastic decision. Like his family and life and all that shit depends on it. Like it's good. And I remember rewatching this movie. First of all, I want to say that yesterday was the first time I had watched all the way through in Uh about 15 years or so. Sure. First time I seen it, I had to be like 10, 10 or 11. So I shouldn't have watched it, but I did. But when you watch it again, it, ha- it has that, that, that style, that flavor of those old wise guys, you know, the, uh, right. you know, forget about it, fuck out of here, you know, all that. And everybody was, you know, Lefty, Jilly, Bruno, uh, Jesus, I'm forgetting so many characters right now, but that to me was like Sunny, yeah. But Lefty was my guy, and I love right. and I love all of his aliases. By the way, right? <laughs> They're great. Okay, deep so, cover. I was talking about deep cover. Deep cover. Lawrence Fishburne and this Jeff Goldblum. Drain Snoop was on the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. That's another one of my all time favorite movies. So maybe there is a uh, sort of um, you know a theme or a pattern here in what I respond to because that was another great. Movie. That was a fantastic movie, and. Yeah. I wish it would have came out a little bit later on in life because I could have did it for 20 years, but I'm way past that. Okay. I'm way past that. So yeah. um, we, we get to the scene where the uh, the gang is collecting up. We see Sonny Black. We see, um, what's my guy's name? Played by Bruno Kirby. I can't think of his name right now. Donnie. No, not Donnie. I'm sorry. Uh, Nikki. There we go. Nikki. Yes, yeah, so we yeah. see Nikki. We see Sonny. We see Sonny Black. We see um, and the rest and the rest of the crew. But right. it was then, and I, and I like the way they played this. It was then um, the other bosses pull up, and these are the bigger bosses. Now we get Sunny, right. we get Sunny Red, you know, and Sunny right. Red is a snake from Jump. 
soon as you see him, he's a snake. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You see the red shoes, like the the snake skin. He, was it snake skin? Snake skin, yes. Snake skin boots. I mean, well, he's a snake. He's a snake from the minute you see him. So, and then you know when um, when Sunny Red sees Donnie, he goes, "Who the fuck is this guy?" You know, and you're that's that's my Italian language. Today. That was pretty that's, good. That was pretty good. Was good. Cool, cool. Um, and that's we get the uh, the look at the big girl boss. I can't think of his right. name for life of me, but it it shows the level of the of the mafia and how it's going. You got your bosses, mm-hmm. your mid bosses, you got your wise guys, you know, and everybody's really trying to get to being the made guy, you know, right. which is why I love Sonny Black as a character so much, you know, ambition, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know what else I like about that scene is like. Um, you know, it is a big moment for Donnie Brasco and for Lefty, mm-hmm. even though it's not so overtly big. But, you know, you're bringing this guy into the fold. And, you know, that whole, who is this? You're a friend of mine, a friend of my ours. You know, by the fact that he introduces him, he is already vouched for this guy mm-hmm. saying that, you know, he's with me. He's uh, to be trusted, basically. And just and just standing there, standing there, just being there, right there as all these important faces are, you know, yeah. in the same on the same block as you, you know, and exactly. just simply being there, you were vouched for it. Like I, I couldn't imagine B- being an undercover cop must be the shittiest of shittiest of jobs because at any given moment, if you're made, what do you do? Right. Like what do you do? Like I couldn't <laughs> imagine. I, I give I give up the whole bureau. Well, you know what, though? Like, this movie, I think a lot of the movies uh, that have the undercover cops, they grapple more with what they can and cannot do than Donnie Brasco did, or I should say uh, Agent Pistone did. Like, he did a lot of dirt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He he, he didn't ride that line so good. He was in so deep. I mean, he was just committing felonies. Right? Te- technically, he should be doing time because he <laughs> he was accessory to a lot of shit, like a, a lot, lot of shit. Of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so speaking of Joseph Pistone, before I get to uh, the next part, uh, we have a cool one on one with um, Donnie and Lefty over at Lefty's place. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when uh, Lefty kind of reveals to us he has cancer of the prick. Yes. That was another one of my questions. I'm not familiar with this ailment. <laughs> it was news to me, 
But um, yeah, hey, they're bonding for sure. Like he's bonding. in the inner circle. What <laughs> what would you say is the cancer for the prick? Um, uh, I guess that would just be. Uh, is that just like uh, impotency? I, is that his way of describing it, trying to put it on cancer? <clears throat> when I first heard it, I took it as, unfortunately, my, my mind goes south pretty quickly. So I'm thinking like, so you got like cancer like in your prick? Like you have, you know, cancer of the balls, you know, uh, testicular that's probably, that's issues? A thing. That's a thing. I think that is a thing. But they never quite elaborate on what exactly he meant by cancer of the prick. No, <laughs> they don't. <laughs> okay. I so, think they leave it to your imagination. But <laughs> what we know for sure is that, you know, he Donnie is definitely in his world. We find out he's sort of open about his son and the fact that his son is a junkie mm-hmm. and how he feels about that. And, you know, you don't have any family or so Donnie has told him. Uh, so, hey, you're not going to be a part of my family. Which, you know, I, I thought that was a, a good moment because Donnie hadn't made it in. He found a friend. Uh, he, he found his, his true connect on the inside and how to get deeper. Uh, and you could definitely tell he, he, he didn't, he wasn't quite uh, in tune with what was awaiting him, you know? Right. He just right. found his way in, you know? Um, and it was cool. It, it's a cool transition because the very next scene we get uh, no longer Donnie Brasco. We now get Joe Pistone. You know, mm-hmm. the family man, you know, and what his home life is like and which we now see his home life is practically torn to shreds. Um, his wife, played by Anne Hayes, tells him that his 12-year-old daughter has a boyfriend. Now, before we even <laughs> really get deep into that, I'm a father. My daughter's 10. Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I get it. You know, she had to let, you know, let uh, Pistone know what's going on at home when he's not at home. But as a father... Right for the missus to come in, come home and tell you that your twelve year old daughter got a little boyfriend and she's over at the boyfriend's house, right? And I was like, so you, you just letting that ride? <laughs> like, nah. But well, I think it's a semantics thing. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I feel like had she said she's on a play date, would that have um, felt better? That does a father in you receive that a little bit better? If it was a play date, um. Cause, Cause, I think that's probably more of what the equivalent of it was. Like she's hanging out at this boy's house, probably, hopefully supervised. We're gonna <laughs> assume. I mean, we're gonna assume they're supervised. I don't know, but um, you know, it sounds innocent. Mm. Of course, I'm not a father, so you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, I told my daughter she couldn't date until you know she was like thirty. So, hey, you know. Good luck with that, bro. I'm Good trying. Luck. Enforcing that. I'm trying. There will be a whole lot of cleaning guns from the boys, apparently, because uh, I ain't playing that shit. Okay, bad boys. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, so uh, how you doing in, son? I'm like cocking my shotgun. It's going in, you know, I'm just cleaning it. Nothing. Right. If you need me to be the backup, like, you know, in Bad Boys with Will Smith, Man. And, uh, you know, Martin character, when they did that scene, I- I'll come help you out. Unfortunately, uh, these little boys today are getting punk kind of testy, so we can't just scare them. We may actually have to, like, hurt these little motherfuckers. So, okay. you know, uh, 
if you're down, you know, to uh, take that that ride downtown with me, just in case we got to get you know some lineup issues. Listen, I'm not gonna go on record. Let's take talk off the air okay. about that. No, nobody said nothing about nothing. And we'll see. I, I love the kids. I love all the kids. But um, that was another thing about the movie that I found interesting. We didn't know that he actually had that whole home life until it's kind of revealed. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just like, again, like whoever wrote it, I like that we, like I said in the beginning, we jumped into it and now it's this new layer. Like mm-hmm. he actually does have a life. He's been under for two years. And, you know, yeah, it's ripping this family apart. The next scene, we get um, the big boss. I can't think of his name for the life of me, but the big boss gets whacked. Was that Rusty? No, that wasn't Rusty. Cause it wasn't that was, Rusty. That was the new boss. It's on the cover of that, uh, uh, on the cover of the paper. That's right. That's right. And uh, after that, that's when uh, Lefty gets sent for. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, when Donnie comes to pick up uh, Lefty, Lefty's practically out of it. He's, he's kind of nervous. He doesn't know right. what's getting ready to happen. And then that's when we get our first definition of what's, you know, getting sent for actually means. You know, you're going alive. You may come out dead. And, and But you still go. But you like, still go. You, you go. You don't, uh, which is interesting. Like, you know, they, it's just something you have to deal with. And it seems like the other guys, everybody knows that that is a possible outcome of being sent for. Even So the people around you, they seem to be enjoying kind of riding the line of not really telling you what this is. Just let you know when you get sent for, you go. Like, you, you can't take a rain check. You can't, you know, reschedule for another day. Like, no, the big boss said you got to go. You have to go. There's no calling in sick that day. I can't call. God damn. So that's why I'm being a mother. It's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> we we, uh, we find out that uh, Sonny Black, uh, played by Michael Madsen, who always plays these slime ball mafioso with a terrible, terrible throat issue. Like, that's always <laughs> been his, his character trait. So Right. You know, it didn't surprise me that he was the, the, you know, the guy that got made, the guy that got upped first. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I actually forgot the part when I saw the movie the original time. Um, so uh, they take Lefty and and Donnie out to this like airport hangar. Right. And you know, the whole time, uh, Lefty Lefty's thinking like, I could this, you know, this could be it. And as uh, they make their way. Over to uh to the air, to the airport hangar, um, they they, they reveal this this cage with a big ass lion inside of it, right? And I and, thought that and, was and notice like the dark before the reveal. You know, I thought that was interesting, like paralleling another scene that comes later, later. on. Later but on, it's like a dark, and then the lights pop on, and yeah, a, a, a big big ass lion, big ass lion. And it's it's a gift given to Lefty from Sonny, who just got upped. So, <laughs> I like the scene because, um, you know, obviously uh, Sonny's able to calm down now that he knows he's, he's not going to get whacked anytime soon. That next scene, we get uh, Sonny and um, Donnie practically feeding the lion, like, all of 40 burgers in the back seat in the of back his seat. Cadillac. Did they drive with that big son of a bitch in the back seat? How do you go from having a lion in a cage and then be like, "Oh, well, we gotta get him"? Like, 
put him in the back seat. So let me take him out of yeah. the cage and put him in the back seat. He won't, he won't, you know, try to bite my ear or nothing. I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. I, I think that's – and then the lion, this was in New York. I'm assuming, you know, I'm sort of jumping, but they have that same lion later in um, – Miami. In, in Miami. Mm. This lion – was he one of the first class tickets that they bought? I mean, bought? This, I this lion definitely travels better than most humans for sure. <laughs> He's um, got like a pretty, I want his freaking flyer miles. I don't I'm, think I'm saying is. like, you went from. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're up to Miami. I still ain't seen Miami yet. I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> you know? So, right. Uh, <laughs> um, so um, the next scene is when all the guys, they go over to... Help me with this. They they meet up with the guy that's about to get whacked. Who's about to get whacked? Uh, they meet up with um. Who do they meet up with? Who? Which one they... is that? Hmm? Who's about to get whacked? Um, uh, I'm not sure. But this is the first time that uh, Donnie kind of loses his cool because he sees somebody get whacked for the first time. Cause they try to they try to pull Sonny away. Oh yeah, yeah. This is in the. There's a whole montage where now that um, you know, now that uh, Sunny Black Sunny's been upped, you know, uh, Lefty and Donnie are working directly under him, and I feel like it's basically just showing his temper because they're running all the different scams and they're hustling and everything, and he could have walked away from that guy. I don't know why he shot that guy. That wasn't like. You know, I think that was more spur of the moment. That wasn't like, you know. It was, but then I also felt like the way Sonny's main attitude towards stuff, like, he just didn't care. So, right. So you know, even when, you know, you had Lefty trying to hold him back, then you had uh, Donnie trying to hold him back, and then at the time, Nikki's trying to hold him back. He's like, yeah, I got it, I got it. He's walking away. Like, screw that, turns around, he pops the guy anyway. You know, right? Like he just—he's—he's he's playing his hand, and he's showing us that he's—he's he's not to be fucked with. And, you know, he's the guy right. that's—he's the guy for his guys. You know, yeah. And I don't even know if we knew who that guy was that got whacked. I think he was just some casualty of the game. Yeah, you know? somebody who uh, who owed some money and didn't pay up for sure. Didn't pay up, right? So, uh, but I think that is the first murder. That Donnie witnesses. That is the first like murder that Donnie witnesses. That's the first one he actually loses his cool about. Um, right. Which is already a, a, a red flag. You being there makes you an accessory. Simple as that. Absolutely. <laughs> so soon after, I don't. I don't remember the next scene. What's the, but the the next beat of it for me is when uh, Lefty begins to suspect that um, you know. Well, because we having in the in the uh, we can't go past that the Chinese restaurant or the Japanese uh, restaurant. my favorite scene that favorite is the scene. Deep scene this comes after that 
it's kind of like Donnie and Lefty are now in good. They're part of um, Sonny's crew. And, you know, after a hard day's killing folks and robbing folks, they go for a meal. At <laughs> they get the, hungry. Uh, they, <laughs> right. They get hungry. So they go to a traditional Japanese restaurant where it's the custom for the customers to remove their shoes. Now, uh, Donnie can't remove his shoes. We don't know why at the time, but he's he's refusing to do it. And um, we really see how he's a master at getting out of sticky situations. Mm. Like, he's not taking off that boot, and he's got to create some sort of diversion uh, as to why he's not doing it. And he, he makes up the story. I don't know if he had... See, as an actor, <laughs> we're always making up backstories. Right. So I wonder... Like, as an undercover agent, did he already have this backstory that his parents, um, that he couldn't grow up with his parents because of uh, the war? Or if he made that up on the spot? That, that had to be on the spot. Only because I don't think they, that, that he knew that they were going to a Chinese restaurant after killing all those people. And, you know, killers do get hungry. So they right. went to McDonald's for all he knew. But, you know... That's where he ended up. And it just so happens that, you know, it's tradition that you got, you know, remove your shoes. Now, when I saw the scene, and of course, you know, all the old 90s movies did it. When the character has something he's trying to hide, the camera always goes directly to that thing. So in right. this case, <laughs> when they ask him about, you know, taking take his shoes off, camera goes right to the boot. Like, okay, so there's something in there that he can't get out. Obviously... If you're an adult, you're going to realize, okay, there's obviously some type of a wire tap in there. Right. Okay. Now, for me, it probably would have been like a hole in my sock that I was like, dang, I knew I should have worn these socks. <laughs> and now everybody's going to see that I'm like a little bit, because I haven't done my laundry in a few days. And I'm, you know, but um, I would have said, yeah, it was probably a wire. I would have said, not. listen, man, listen, listen, listen. Um, I, I didn't do my laundry. So if I take off my shoes, you're going to get a barefoot Donnie. I'm, you know, I don't like my feet. I feel subconscious about it. You know, I feel like I shouldn't have to prove myself to nobody. I'm a grown-ass man, and I'm not right, taking my right. shoes off. But he went a different way, probably ultimately, you know, something. And I I, I feel bad for the for the owner. Was it the owner? Was it – I hope it was the owner. I hope no, it wasn't just – No, that's like the, the waiter. The waiter took it the L. The you don't even own the shit, and you still took the L. That's the way. He took a big L. <laughs> I mean, he got dragged to the back and got dealt with while Lefty watched the door. They beat the mess out of this dude. They beat the bricks off of this man. And it's just, it's like, <laughs> once again, you're an accessory to a, a heinous, heinous crime. Right. He even took a bit of a part in it because, you know, dude spit at him or some shit. And, you know, Braswell got his hits in one time. I mean, you know. Right. Wow. And, and that was also, to me, a part of, like, the transition. Like, did he didn't have to get those extra licks in, but, you know, the gangster was taking over. Right. You show, so, you show he's starting to evolve into what he's trying to take down. Right, you know? exactly. So then after that, you know, he's back at his apartment listening back to the footage that this guy took the beat down to protect. And you hear the guy crying out, you hear the licks coming and he's just emotional as he's like, you know, really, really he's in 
up to his ears. Right, right. Uh, and that sucks for that guy. <laughs> um, so um, the next scene is, I, I liked it a lot. It, it, it definitely affected me because, you know, at this point now, Lefty flat out shows his loyalty to Donnie. You know, mm-hmm. not like a father son kind of vibe, but definitely more like I'm, you know, I'm your boy. You're my boy. You know, even though, you know, Lefty is overly paranoid at times and even treats Donnie like shit. You know, there's definitely a, a camaraderie. There's definitely a uh, a sense of respect, a sense of care, you know. Yeah. And that next scene definitely showed, you know, and, and that's you know really part of the character study that Lefty now has this. This uh, this trust for Donnie, you know, growing into a love for Donnie as you know, you know, that's my best friend right there, you know. Right. And I and I love that scene. It's a great scene. Yes. After that, I believe is when he uh, meets back up with his handler mm-hmm. for the FBI, and uh, you know, the handler has brought in a guy, his boss from DC, has come from the bureau headquarters and. Um, they're basically asking him now to make an introduction to vouch for this guy uh, Richie down in Florida, because mm-hmm. um, I guess they felt like, hey, his 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 uh, investigation down in Florida needs a little bit of help getting it going, and maybe we could also get these guys caught up in some other stuff by bringing them down there to Florida. So. Um, Understanding the rules of how things work, uh, Donnie's reluctant to do it. But you know, mm. we we find out later that he actually ends up following through and mentions uh, the guy in Florida. Yeah, and so they they take the trip to Florida. Um, <clears throat> they finally make it down to Florida. The whole crew goes, and it's like heaven on earth for them, especially for the New York guys. They just feel like this is just different. And and it gets to the point to where Sonny Black decides, I'm going to stay down here, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that's when you really start to see, like, Sonny Black emerge into this cold-hearted dude, you know? Um, but what I, what Lefty, though, starts having ideas that, hey, you know, instead of bringing Sonny Black in this, this could be an opportunity for me to make a move. Right. You know, I could get this place down here. I need the backing of the boss down here, so let me take him on this boat, show him this great time. He asked Donnie to, to find him a boat, mm. and, um, you know, he's going to try to do this thing essentially behind uh, behind Sonny's back, right. and it doesn't work. Eventually, Sonny does find out, and it's a crazy thing because when they finally do get the boat and the big boss shows up, Lefty, he's, he's, he's so proud. He can't wait to, you know, pitch his idea. And the first thing he does is, hey, where's Sonny Black? And he, and just like that, Sonny, you know, Sonny is already on to Lefty and, and Donnie. And he's doing the big, big deal with the boss, man, you know. And I thought that scene was so oh, but cold. I, I love the fact that, you know, when he gets out of that car right before he gets on the boat, Sonny Black lights up a cigarette, you know, strikes the match, and then hands the matchbook to Lefty. Oh. And it's from King's Court. <laughs> Love that scene. Love it. Like, here you go. Take that real quick. He, yeah, he's like, I know what you've been up to. I don't know how he knew, because now he it starts to drive a little bit of a wedge 
between uh, Lefty and uh, Donnie because Lefty now thinks that it must have been Donnie who told um, Sonny about this plan. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like it wasn't, but it's never really explained exactly how uh, how Sonny knew about this. Mm. Do you you feel like you knew? Was it Donnie? uh, When I watched it, I had my I had my ideas. I wasn't sure exactly which way to go. Like I keep thinking to myself that it was some of the uh, the, uh, the agents inside the FBI. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who, which we'll go back to that later on in, in the show, but I felt like it was those two agents in the FBI who likely tipped off either Sonny or somebody in Sonny's camp to let them know that, you know, we're going to have a boat. And you meet with this person about this thing, you hmm. know, some 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 sort of way. But then again, later on in the movie, we you know we're faced to to, to look for you know the rat, and if the, and if the rat is not Donnie, there's another rat among us. But who is that rat? Yeah, but that ends up that boat ends up being a big moment uh, between uh, Sunny Black and Donnie because essentially. He adopts, if you will, uh, Donnie as his man. Full-blown like, snatches him. Yeah, it snatches him up. You don't work for Lefty anymore. You're, you're mine. Right. You belong to me. Right. Now, Which I don't know how I feel about another man like you belong to me. Like, I was like, maybe it's an ancestral thing. <laughs> you know, like, our people have been through that. I'm cool on belonging to you. Like, but... Let's let's use your words a bit more carefully, sir. Okay, right. I don't belong to no damn body. Okay, <laughs> right. Um, so the next scene, I like it was simple, and it was it was almost like it was it was a break from all the the tense stuff that's that's going on before it, and that's the scene where we get uh, Donnie Brasco talking to the two detectives played by uh, what's that Tim Blake Nelson and Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti, yes, and. Going over the origins of forget about it, right? Which I thought was so cool. It, it was a nice break, a nice breather, you know, before we get to the next super tense ass moment of the movie. Right. It was a really nice moment, and honestly, though, this is on a different subject. It was about the time that I started to realize that there ain't no black people in this movie. None. <laughs> and and I was like, maybe that could have been a black actor. Like, one of those FBI guys, you know, they could have had somebody in there to be, like, in that scene. Like, I could have seen, like, a Courtney B. Vance or... Uh, Even a David <laughs> Allen Greer, you know, just a random... David appearance. Allen Greer, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and still, instead of Tim Black Nelson, nothing against him. I like him. I thought he did a great job. Everybody did a great job. It was a nice, lighthearted scene. But, uh, you know, that, to me, if I was casting, that's where I would have got my um, my little diversity in there. Only if Oscar So White was around back in 1997, <laughs> we would have probably <laughs> right. had something going with that. 
Cause that's bullshit. Like there's nobody. There's nobody. Nobody. Right. Nobody. <laughs> um, I also love um <clears throat> the uh I want to say it's the next scene was when um is it okay? So the scene when um uh Lefty's air conditioning doesn't work. And uh, Donnie comes in to fix it and Lefty just blaming him for the whole damn thing. Is that where he, he says uh, the quote, um, wise guys don't work on Mother's Day? I don't remember that. What? Yeah, it's a wise. You know what? Let me let me just do a quick disclaimer. I think okay. I watched the extended version of this movie. Okay. The reason why is because I, when I was doing my research for it and uh, the official uh, runtime was like two hours six minutes, I want to say, but yeah. the version that I have is like two twenty seven. I'm yeah. like, so I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna bring up some stuff that I don't think Marcus is gonna know. <laughs> yeah, you just lost me. With that. I did not remember <laughs> that scene at all. Okay, well, well we'll bypass that. Okay. Um, okay. So <laughs> let's let's jump over to. Um, uh, 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 okay. Um, the airport, um, where Sonny's there, Lefty's there, Donnie's there, and I can't think of the other cop, but, uh, he's there, right? Okay. And, right. And as they're getting ready to, uh, to, to, to book the flight, to board the flight, rather, we get the two other agents who don't know that they're undercover. Right. Narrowly, almost, you know. Blowing He's the whole thing. Him. Yeah, blowing his cover wide open. And so, you know, what we get is uh, what I think anybody would have done. Knocked him the fuck out real quick. Say, hey, right. shut up. Say right. nothing. He, he he grabbed me. He grabbed my ass. That's what... That was <laughs> he, he, um, he grabbed my cock. Oh, okay. Yeah. Even, yeah. Yeah. Fucking Even more offensive. I mean, his 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 improv is just dead on. Like When, when your life depends on it, <laughs> you will sing and dance. This next scene, which I'm, I'm not sure if you saw it, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Uh, Joe and Maggie's therapy session. Yes. Okay. Yes. So the therapy session. Now, I've never been in therapy, but I have had bad relationships to where we argue a lot. But it seems like in these cop movies, the cop who's putting his life in danger, trying to make sure, you know, he can, ha- you know, live a better life for his family. Da, da, da. He always gets the most shit because he's never home. Even the, the therapist himself doesn't even side with, <laughs> you know, like, I put my life online every day and you want to trip about hours? Well, I mean, I think the therapist, like, there's really no textbook for this particular situation. Like, mm. you know, he's undercover and his life depends on staying away. I feel like he could have been like, like you just give him a pass. But, um, you know, I think he was just trying to go textbook with it, and it was not working. Yeah. And and you, you see that with the next scene. Like, when they go outside, and Maggie pretty much threatens to leave him. And, you know, he goes on this whole rant, like, you know, I just I just sit on the couch, and I just wait for him to fucking bill me. And da, 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 da. and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm basically paying for her to bitch at me in front of you so that you can agree with her and then bill me for the bitch session. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. So, um, here's a little side note. This is was, I got another one of my trivia questions, right? mm -hmm. In that scene, I was going to ask you, what is, uh, Joseph Stone's hometown? Where does he live? 
You know, I'm not even gonna lie. I do not know. I don't think it's ever said, but in that scene, if you look in the background on the buildings, you see the name of the shops. It's like Clifton Bakery and Clifton something else. Is that New York? So, New Jersey. New Jersey. Gotcha, gotcha. We now know the shit is hit the fan. Maggie is threatening to leave. Yeah. Uh, back at home, Donnie gets a call from uh, Annette. Uh, yes, Lefty's wife. wife. <clears throat> and we find out that uh, the the son, Tommy, had an overdose. Yes. Can't say we didn't see it coming. Oh, yeah. But uh, he has an overdose. And this is when we get another good moment between Donnie and Lefty. Amazing moment. He, he, Don, Le, Lefty is basically trying to get him to go back to Florida. You belong in Florida now. You don't even belong to me anymore, so get out of here. Right. He doesn't really want him to... Uh, I don't think he wants to be seen in that vulnerable moment. But, um, you know, Donnie refuses to leave. He's like, hey, you can beat up on me if you want to. I'm staying right here. Yeah, he, he shows his loyalty to Lefty in a time when Lefty doesn't realize he truly does need it. You know, sure, he's heard about, you know, Sonny coming and taking this guy. But at the same time, you know, when he's supposed to be doing this thing for Sonny in Miami, he's not there. He's with you right now. You know, cause, right. you know, you opened up to him. And when this tragedy strikes, he's there for you, you know? Right. And, and um, you know, Lefty gets a little emotional there. Mm-hmm. And when the scene ends, he says, I love you. Which was like a big moment. He's like, I love you, Donnie. Did he just say, I love you, Donnie? Or does he just say, I love you? But either way, love is expressed. Yeah. So we get the next scene. Is this the King's Court opening night? Yes. Okay. So, mm-hmm. King's Court We've gone night. back down there. Obviously, there's been some uh, time passage. We don't exactly know how long. We don't know. We don't know if Lefty lived. I'm sorry, Lefty's son no, they, they never let us know if he lived or died. They never let us know if he recovered or not. But uh, in any case, yeah, we're, we're down to opening night of King's Court. It, it seems like a great event. Money is flowing. Uh, it's a full house. The lion is out front as a spectacle. There's no permit for it? No permit for it, yes. Nope. But, um, but uh, yeah, it's like a win. Uh, a definite high point for uh, Sonny Black and for uh, Donnie in the work that they that he's done down there. When all of a sudden he's taking a bag of um, three hundred thousand dollars, it's the take that they're going to take up to the boss in New York mm-hmm. uh, to Rusty, and uh, that's when the cops show up and just and like, full on. Smash the place to shit. Yeah, but Put them, you know, grand opening, grand close. <laughs> so cops smash the place up, really based on the fact that they don't have a permit for the lion. Technically, technically, that's so. What they, yeah. they smash the place up. They lock up everybody. Um, but I, this next scene is is crazy because the first time in this entire movie when they're sitting in in the cell, now it's at the point to where okay. There's a rat in the crew. There's definitely mm-hmm. a rat in this crew. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and Lefty is the one that comes up with the theory. Mm-hmm. 
And it's a sound theory, too, because it's like, hey, how did they even move on a brand new place this quick? They would need, uh, you know, they would need two months uh, for just surveillance, surveillance and <clears throat> warrant and all that stuff. Exactly. So uh, Sonny puts Lefty on the job of finding the rat. And so meanwhile, uh, once uh, Sonny, Sonny Red has been known, uh, been, been notified that the place has been smashed up, he automatically arranges the hit on Sonny Black and that whole crew. He arranged it. Oh, he arranged the whole thing. Yeah, he was the one behind it. And basically, wasn't that the, um, that was the Miami bosses that he was coordinating it with. Mm -hmm. The same guy that uh, pretty much dissed Lefty for the meeting with Sonny. Right, the guy that they entertained on the boat. So he would have known all of what was going on. He passed the information on to Sonny the Red and Sonny the Red work with him to have the cops bust the place up so that Sonny the Black would look like a fool, right. be embarrassed and have to be dealt with. So this when we find out when Sonny Black finds out he's been sent for. So he knows what's up. He's very much aware of what's up. So he's beating Sonny Red to the punch. They, uh, they go over to the meeting spot where they're supposed to meet up with Sonny Red. They get there first. And this scene is so hilarious to me because it, it never fails. There's always a part where, you know, the badder guys think they have the upper hand on the bad guys. So, therefore, they come in, practically tell the whole damn plan as you walk right. through the door. Right? Right. And as you walk through the door, you know, they're oh, well, we got Sonny Black and we're going to kill him and yada, yada, yada. And, of course, right on schedule – the man goes for the light switch. The light switch doesn't work. Oh, something's wrong with the fucking light. Next thing you know, the lights come on, and it's the whole squad on Sunny Black side, locked and loaded, and blowing <laughs> chunks of body parts off. <laughs> and, and quite a reaction from from the guys. They're like, "Oh no! Oh, this is about to be bad." Oh but I no! Know, I don't know what I would say. I mean, in that moment, like I said. It was the parallel to the lion moment. Instead of a lion waiting in a cage, it was the crew waiting to blow them up. But there was right. still that black. And then the flip of the light. Like, don't turn on the light. That's what I learned from that. No matter what's going on, you leave that light off. Leave the light off. Right. <laughs> you can't see. You can't You can't shoot what you can't see. <laughs> can't shoot. Uh, very wise. It's the same thing about, um, remember in um, Harlem Nights? When uh, they go to see Quick at the house, no, they go see uh, Sugar Ray at his house, but they've been left. So he corners them in Sugar Ray's crib, then they blow the crib. Right. It never fails. All you gotta do is get them all in one spot. Right. Take them all out. Take them all out. That should be added. You know, they had all these wise guy rules, you know, that we learned throughout this movie. They should put something in there about traveling in a crew like you should go individually <laughs> like never go as a crew that's no bad. no no. always always go alone <laughs> um now in the same scene it does take a turn for the worst because nikki uh somebody that we've we've seen throughout the movie as of now is being pretty loyal to mm-hmm. to the crew to sunny and um, when I, I can't think of his name, but when he goes outside to get Donnie to come back to where, you know, where the bodies are to, you know, help clean up, <clears throat> it comes so sudden 
you know, once uh, they say, no, Donnie's going to help you. And as soon as Nikki's walking right, maybe in half an inch in front of Lefty, Lefty domes him. Boom. And Done. it's like, whoa, whoa. Didn't even see it coming. Yeah. And, and, you know, for the audience, like, I I kind of was surprised again <laughs> the way they set it up. There is sort of a release of tension when uh, suddenly the red is dealt with and we kind of know that they're responsible for Florida and you right. feel like, oh, okay, we're closing that chapter. And then, boom. Quite yeah, a it, it, it just comes so sudden. You know, especially since the way that they set it up is like if anybody else was about to get dealt with, it kind of seemed like it could be Donnie. So True. your attention is totally on like what's what's going on? Why is this guy got a gun out on Donnie? And then you know, Nikki gets the slug. You know, right? So um, so uh, at this point, Donnie has fucking had it. Uh, his marriage is, is in shambles. He's a part of like eight murders at this point, <laughs> you know, um, and he, he he's just done for it. You know, everything about it just is not what it seems anymore. Of course, at this time, Sonny Black is now boss, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he he's doing his thing. He he he's he's taking in the prize as it's coming. You you just chopped up some bodies like that'll do that to you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't just see that being anywhere people. like comfortable for anybody. Right. So, uh, but what it did was it set him up in position to be uh, one. I think the next scene is when he gets the contract, right? Yes, for Bruno, for Sonny's yeah. son. He gets the contract to take care of Bruno. Was that his son or was that just the homie? Was it the homie? I, I, thought, I thought it was like Sonny's son or something like that. I, I don't know if it was his son. I think that, but anyway, that was his his dude, his right. man. Maybe it was his son. Maybe they did say son. Yeah. But um, in any case, he gets the contract, and um, you know, if he gets the contract, there's a scene outside where Lefty and uh, Donnie go for a walk, and he reveals that if he does that well, that you know, when the bu- books open up, he could become made. an actual made man. Mm-hmm. So. Um, <clears throat> the next scene is, is is interesting because the same two guys who've, who've pretty much been the uh, higher ups with the FBI, they're now at Joe, aka Donnie, at his house, uh, talking with Maggie, and they're yeah. trying to get her to contact him because he's now in so deep that they believe they they can't even pull him out. You know? Right, he's off the grid. He's, he's completely off the grid at this point. Um, he and, and they in fear. In three weeks. They, they they fear that he could die or kill someone because he's so in tune with what with what's going on. Um, and I like that scene because whether it, whether it was genuine or not, the FBI is now starting to see. Fuck, this guy's really in deep at this point. Like he's been through three bosses at this point, and like it's really he's really going that deep in there. You know. Yeah. Uh, and basically, Donnie gets in position to be the maid, be a maid guy. Um, that's when Maggie finds out about the uh, the three hundred k in the bag from from Florida, and, right? And um, we find out later what the bag is for. But Donnie comes home, gets the bag. They have the the moment there when when it's discovered that Maggie did find the bag and actually stashed the bag. 
and right. we get this this exchange. It's gone. It's gotten so heated to where he's actually slapped her real quick. And that was a complete transition. That was the, the moment where, you know, there was kind of no, no coming back from that. He was, and he says it at the end of the scene. Yeah. Like, I, I actually expected, because she's like, you're you're becoming just like them, and he slaps her. I almost expected her to say, you already like them. But I kind of like the way you already yeah, he are said, like them. He you says, are, uh, I'm, I'm not becoming them. I am them. Right. And it was like, he's in. He can't get no more deeper than where he already is, you know? And exactly. that's one of those things about, like, being an undercover cop must suck. And you know what? It does suck. And I'm going to tell you why toward the end of this movie, because that prize that they give him is bullshit. But we'll, <laughs> we'll get to right. that later. In, in that scene with his wife, he sort of foreshadowed what he might be thinking. because, And, and he did it, too, with uh, questioning Lefty on, like, what, how much would that boat you want cost? Right. Um, he's, feeling, he's in conflict over the fact that if he comes out uh, from undercover and, you know, files his reports and it's revealed that he is an undercover agent that Lefty, who vouched for him all those years or months ago, will now be killed. Mm-hmm. And he loves this man. So he can't deal with that. That That's this crisis of conscience. But he uh, he's trying to figure out a way out. Like maybe if he gives him this money and gets... Um, uh, lefty to disappear, then you know he can do what he has to do without injuring his friend. Right. At this point, now uh, Lefty meets up with Donnie. Uh, Donnie, you know they're talking about the what you just said, uh, and then he that's when he reveals he offers him basically the bag of cash to take it, get out of this life, disappear. Well, he's about to, but he's about he to can offer the cash. Out comes the picture. The newspaper from, picture. Yeah. Uh, of the, the cruise line and um, the, not the cruise line, the yacht. The yacht. And mm-hmm. um, it's revealed that Lefty now knows that that was an FBI boat uh, that we had our party on. And Donnie once again has to explain his way out of a situation. Yeah, which made me nervous because I thought that was it. I forgot how the movie ended. So I'm like, wait a minute, does does Lefty find out who Donnie actually is, and and he, you know blows his head off? Like, what? How does this end? I feel like he had to want to believe so much of all of the things and ways in which Donnie sort of got out of situations. Like that was a weaker one, right? Like he wasn't standing on anything but the affection that Lefty had for him. And I think likewise for Lefty. I do believe that Lefty did not want to actually kill Donnie. He just needed to know the truth. Right. So, but essentially, like you said, Donnie was able to talk his way out of the situation. And then when uh, they find out where Bruno is, they put that aside and they make it uh, about Bruno. Now, as they go over to where Bruno is at, where where Bruno is is hiding at, you know, um, it, it, it becomes that... Uh, really tense moment to where he's coming outside. You got your one shot to take it. You got to take it. So, you know, the music's playing all crazy and, you know, the, the tension is just high. And as he's getting ready to do something, of course, the bright shining light comes on and you got the FBI bus pretty much right behind them. 
What was he gonna do though? <laughs> like that that he was mad when the FBI showed up, but what would how was he gonna get out of that situation? Without shooting him. Without shooting him, or do you think he would have shot him? I think he would have wounded him. I think to at least get him down, he probably would have shot him like in the kneecap or something. But you know, to say like he's down, let's let's just go. But mm. you know, in the nick of time, soon as you know, uh, left is going, let's go, do it, Donnie, do it. Next thing you know, FBI's there, they're getting busted. Now, I I know most mob movies when it's you know it's coming down to part to where like it's gonna get revealed that the guy that's a snitch is that's the guy that's your snitch. And it's almost right on time when they become that close and you got to go for that one big score. And, of course, that last big score doesn't go down because there's the FBI ready to make their bust. Right. <laughs> and it always happens that way. Right, right. You know, what interested me about this FBI is, like, how uh, in the next scene, like, how... Uh, anxious they were to sort of gloat <laughs> on the fact that this dude was an undercover agent and they go up, they show up at the bar and they're laying out all these pictures about Donnie, you know, taking his FBI owed him in the training academy Just and all snitching. this stuff. Just to like twist the knife. <laughs> and Donnie has done his job so well that they're sitting up like, nah, wasn't this before Photoshop? How did they? <laughs> how did they think that they had all these pictures? Like today, you could be like, "Oh, come, come on, you Photoshop that. That's not real." Yeah, but that, I, I mean, if, if this is what uh, if the movie starts in February of '78, so I think it's, it goes all the way to like what '81, probably '82. It didn't last right. that long, but I know around that time Photoshop wasn't a thing yet. No, so. No. A picture is a picture, so... Right. I'm just like, ah, it looked pretty convincing. <laughs> like, oh, that, that that looks like Nani. He looks like he's definitely uh, taking that oath and uh, showing his badge, for yeah. sure. I kind of like the fact that we don't see, see what happens to Le- Lefty. We've gotten to love him so much that, hey, we know how it's going to go down, but, you know, they don't let us see it. I see one of our favorite characters go down, but he knows it. He's been sent for again. He's going out the house, and more so than the other times in his life when he's been sent for this time, he, like, takes up all his valuables. He leaves them in his little drawer, leaves the drawer open so his wife is sure to find them. And I feel like he went out with a lot of dignity. I mean, it is what it is. But he had that one line that sort of, you know... It had to be somebody. I'm glad it was you. That's what he tells his yeah, wife to yeah, tell yeah. Donnie. Yeah, he, Donnie calls, tell him if it had to be someone, I'm glad it was you. What do you take from that line? I take that um, going back to that first conversation in the car when the newspaper clipping comes out. I think ever since then, Lefty knew Donnie was FBI. and But the love that he has for him and the fact that Donnie's been there for him through so many, you know, tight squeezes, you know, it's like, it don't even matter, you know? And then it goes back yeah. to the, you know, cancer of the prick thing. He may actually have cancer of the prick, you know, so he's going to die regardless. So by the time he gets that phone call, you know, say, you know, you've been sent for, I mean, 
you know, it, it is like dying with dignity because we don't see him die, but we do know that it is now beyond known that Donnie is definitely a cop. Right. So that sent for could be either he's going to go turn himself in or he's going or he's getting sent for to go see the big bosses. Yeah. Yeah. On a, on a side note real quick, I do think like if you think about the makeup and that and stuff, they did have him looking more ragged as the film went on. Who? Um Lefty? Al Pacino. Al Pacino Lefty, yeah. So I don't know, like that cancer the prick thing was said and it was very subtly in there, but just when you were saying that, he did look kinda like worn. That could be that could be Morgan that could be Al Pacino because I always felt like Al Pacino and Morgan Freeman were in that club of like they were born old. So right. <laughs> no matter what they right. do, they, they like they were born at thirty technically. So you know yeah. they get their uh, their wrinkles early, you know. But but yeah. But anyway, that was a great scene. He exits the door, and then you hear a gunshot. But it's a transition straight to um, you know it's kind of an implied end of his life. Then we transition back to Johnny, right? Who's right. now back in cop land, right? Or FBI land. So he, um, uh, Joe gets the, um, uh, uh, I'm going to assume the Congressional Medal of Honor or something like that. Some sort of medal. Definitely a medal. Yeah. Uh, from the Department of Defense was what the uh, medal said. Right, right. So he gets that, but they also, you know, for his hard work, bravery, and dignity, they also give him a check for 500 bucks. <laughs> for three years without your family and putting your life at risk daily. Now all of a sudden the mob life don't seem that bad. Right. <laughs> you know? Like um, they definitely took care of, I mean they might like shoot you at the end of the day if you're disloyal but you know I don't know. They're they, not going to give you 500 bucks. Yeah. They're not going to give you 500 bucks. That I can tell you. But uh, uh Probably like kind of look at it on both sides of the fence. Like, there's stuff that you just have to eat and deal with. Like, there was stuff that Lefty, you know, Lefty obviously wasn't able to ascend to the levels within the, the organization that he wanted to. And he just, like, had to eat it. You know, right. when he was passed over, he had to eat it. And I feel like on the FBI side, this was kind of like uh, Joe, Special Agent Joe Pistone, now just had to eat that. Right, <laughs> right. It's a cold world we live in, but cold, the, the movie uh, the movie ends like that. But I I thought it was very interesting that the uh, the title card before the credits does indicate that there is still currently a five hundred thousand dollar bond on his head. Right, that, like they're still looking for him, you know. Oof. So to have you know five hundred k on your head like that, I can imagine it's stressful for anybody. Right, he <laughs> <laughs> probably ain't got no hair left. Like man, uh, oh lord. Uh, so that's it. That's the movie. That's Donnie Brasco. Uh, twenty years. Um, let me ask you a question before we get into takeaways. Uh, do you remember the first time you seen this movie? Uh, I remember. I remember. Yeah, I remember. Cause like twenty years ago, I was well coming out of college. So it's I was all right. Like, you know, it's okay. You, you I, remember, know. <laughs> I remember it. Uh, but yeah, I remember just being jazzed about it. I loved it. I was really into Johnny Depp at the time. I thought he he's it was brilliant, and I 
I still think that you you criticize Jack Sparrow, but I think um, that is great in its own way too. I mean, the first one is great; the other ones blow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, we agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. <laughs> exactly. Like um, now, what about um, what about remake? Remake? You know, status. Do you think that this movie can be remade today? Oh, please don't leave it alone. Please leave it alone. Leave it alone. It's classic. It's great. I don't think. um, No, it it doesn't need to be remade. (laughs) No. Um, I I, I can tell you, the first time I seen this movie was on Cinemax. I think I had to be about thirteen around the time. That's probably the Mm -hmm. first time I seen it, but. Uh, let's get into takeaways. Takeaways is part of the show where we talk about the uh, favorite characters, least favorite characters, favorite female characters, uh, worst scene, favorite scene, and then we'll go back and forth on that. So, takeaways. Who are you giving the That Guy Award to? That guy for my favorite character? Favorite favorite male character. Favorite male character. That guy. um, I, I have to give it to Lefty. Lefty, I feel like Al Pacino did such a heck of a job of making this, like, hardened dude likable. I really did like him. I felt sad for him to be tricked in this way uh, <laughs> when he really just was looking for, um, you know, looking to help, mm. looking for somebody to connect with. Okay. Um, who was getting the uh, That Chick Award? That chick award was kind of hard. In There's this only movie. one chick like, in here. <laughs> it was a very male. But I'm going to give it to the three sisters that were singing in that montage. We talked about the fact that there's no <laughs> black people in this movie. So just on the fact that they made it into the final cut, singing and dancing in the club, uh-huh. I'm going to say those chicks. Okay. Okay. Power to the people. <laughs> Power to the people. <laughs> Um, uh, this fool award, which is your least favorite character. Oh man. Uh, I'm going to give that to the, um, the FBI guy from, from DC. Mm. I mean, all the other characters, I just, I just feel like, I just hate that when P in life, it's just in real life when people come they they haven't had their hands in the situation. They're not in the dirt with you, and they come in trying to call shots. That's just... <laughs> I just think that's always gets on my nerves. Okay. Um, cut that out. What is your least favorite scene? What could be cut out? Least favorite scene? I would say you could cut out... <laughs> you could probably cut out the... Um, the, uh, the the sad scene where uh, he misses his daughter's confirmation. You know, I, I went where Donnie Brasco misses it and she's sad. I felt like we got the point by now. <laughs> He's destroying his family. You're a shit father. We got it. Like, we right. get it. We got it. <laughs> okay. Um, and of course, uh, the iconic scene. What's your favorite scene in this movie? Mm. Um. Well. I would say favorite scene. There's so many. I, I like, uh, I love moments where it just, I watch it and I say, dang, I want to do that. Um, and I got that feeling from the 
from Al Pacino, both characters really, but from Al Pacino in the hospital waiting room where he sort of gets choked up and, um, you know, ends up saying, hey, I love you, man. And I thought that was just honest and great. Nice. Uh, for me, um, my That Guy Award is, I'm, I'm going to copy you, is going to go to Lefty. Uh, I'm a mob guy, a wise guy. You're supposed to hate him and what he represents, but he is just so damn lovable, you know? Um, Al Pacino played the hell out of this character. I feel like when, when when given the right role, Al Pacino could really he could really shine, and you're, you're gonna do what you're fucking told. And that's his shtick, you know. Right, right. But uh, as Lefty, it's just a fun character, you know. And he's a guy that's definitely uh, he's broken, but at the same time, he's, he's he's together. But he looks to Donnie, like I said, not so much like a son, but like the best friend he's never had. Yeah, you know. Uh, that chick award because there's only one chick in here I'm going to give it to the wife uh, Maggie because through all the craziness that she had to endure while the husband is out risking his life on a daily basis she deals with it and she deals with it the best way she can until she reaches that breaking point Mm -hmm. so I take my hat off to her I commend her for sticking through it um, for you know for, for taking care of the house take care of the babies while you know, you're kind of in fear to where you kind of don't know if uh, you're going to get that phone call or they're going to pop up at your door with the flag let you know, like, this is what happened, you know? Yeah. So for that, I, you know, for sticking it out with him, I salute her for that. Uh, this Fool Award. I'm going to say that this Fool Award, I don't want to take yours, but I'm going to take yours. The, uh, the, the agent from D.C., <laughs> Yeah. The reason why, because he's such a dick. It's like in all the, the the undercover cop movies, the the bureau themselves just simply don't care. You could die today. As long as we got our guy, hey, you did what you were doing for your country, and I'm gonna sign off on that five hundred dollar check and give it to your wife in case she needs it. You know, I I hated that, and then it goes to gloat about it once you know it's been burst. You know, we now know that. He's not the wise guy. He's actually a cop. So, right. I I, I hated him. I thought he was. I, I really wish there was a shootout and he got shot. <laughs> um, cut that out award. I'm gonna say the um, the lion wasn't needed. I mean, I it, it serves its purpose. <laughs> I like the lion. <laughs> it serves its purpose. I just feel like. Them feeding the lion forty damn hamburgers just wasn't needed to me. It just wasn't, right. but it, it served its purpose, you know, for the the uh, casino bus scene. But uh, and of course, the iconic scene to me is um, it's a small one. It's basically um, Sonny is talking to Lefty, you know, after they've already had a, had the conversation about looking for the uh, the rat in the crew, and as they tell uh, Donnie to get in the front seat, and Sonny brings up, you know, don't forget we're looking for the rat. And Lefty immediately goes, oh, I think I already found him. Mm-hmm. When I seen that scene, it made my heart jump. I was like, oh, shit. Come on, Donnie, man. You got to get through this, man. You know? <laughs> and, I thought, right. and I thought that was it. I thought that, uh, you know, we're going to get to the part to where, you know, Pacino's going to sell out Johnny Depp to Sonny Black. And, you know, it's going to go downhill from there. So, to me, that was definitely my favorite scene, the iconic scene to me, for sure. Yeah. 
so now we're going to get into quick hits. Final segment of the show. Basically, we um, we go over production facts for the movie. Um, talk about casting that happened but didn't happen. Scenes that happened that didn't happen. And we Ooh. pretty much try to figure out why didn't they do it? Why did they do it? You know, what could it be? What could um, elevate the movie more? And that's that. Okay. All right. So, quick hits. Number one. In an interview, Joseph D. Pistone. Is it Pistone or Pistone? It's Pistone. <clears throat> Pistone. Oh, you know why? Because they say Pistone when he's getting his award. <laughs> so okay. it's another slap in the face. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Leave me alone, Donnie. I got you. Okay, in an interview, Joseph D. Pistone said he said he didn't see his family for at least two years while he was undercover. Wow. That's usually how most undercover jobs go. They're they're under for a while. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I mean uh, what he said to his wife or what comes from the script is that he thought it was going to be three months initially and this happened in two years. Right. And, um, you know, why didn't they play it like that in the movie? It's, it really cuts the wife out of the movie completely. <laughs> That's the one moment you have in the story. is like we need to get her in here somehow. Right, exactly. Um, okay, so uh, the word fuck is used 185 times. Really? We can tell. Were there a lot of fucks? Am I? I might be immune to fucks. Yeah, there's a lot. I don't even notice them. There's a lot of fucks and cocksuckers. But then again, when 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 you're watching a mob movie, you expect it. So you kind of lose track. Like, oh, you know, there's a whole lot of fucks in this movie. But you know what? I'm not even counting them. It's fine. I I didn't notice them. (laughs) I I think, and that's a sad commentary. You know, I become immune To, to the word fuck. So fuck that. Uh, uh, Al Pacino was originally going to play Donnie Brasco. When he switched to Lefty, he recommended Johnny Depp. Good move. Great move. Great move. I don't. I, no, not great move. Thank you. Great move. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Depp spent months with the real Joseph D. Pistone before shooting. Most of the time, they lifted weights together. Hmm. Well, I guess that's where that little scene came in where he's lifting the weights in the apartment. Right, right. That's interesting. I mean, there's nothing I, mean like, I don't know, like, that's cool, but I wonder, like, if it's as necessary in a movie like this, because we don't know who Joseph Pistone is. Right. Like, we, we can't tell if, oh, he was dead on with that or not. He sure could lift that weight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's, there's nothing like hanging out with a former undercover agent and you're trying to play him, and the only thing you guys can talk about is lifting weights. So, right. you know, I guess that's cool in itself. Kind of create the character as you go. Um, Alec Baldwin, Nicolas Cage, and John Cusack were considered for the role of Donnie Brasco. Mm. Hmm. I like that. I don't know. I'm trying to think of Nicolas Cage back in the day. No. 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 <laughs> no. He was extreme no. then. He was, he'll be extreme now. No. Like, Face Off no. came out this same year. He was better off doing Face Off and Con Air and all that. Leave Donnie Brasco alone. Leave it alone. Uh, all right. Leave it alone. <laughs> uh, uh, director Mike Newell said that the point of the violence is to show that it's a terrible mess. Point taken. Point taken, yes. Okay, uh, last one. Joseph Pistone's report lists Lefty, 
lefty guns, lefty two guns, half cocked, and horse cock as false names for Benjamin Ruggiero. <laughs> right. I saw that in the little, um, you know, the transition <laughs> they had where the report would kind of be typed across the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Some of those seem contradictory. <laughs> it's, is it a half cock or horse cock? Who yeah, so, 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 it's like, it's like a half cock, like a quarter chub, and like a horse cock is like at full attention? Right, maybe, maybe. <laughs> these, these mob guys, you never know. But uh, that's the show. Um, I've had so much fun with you, man. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for hanging out with me today. Uh, It's been super cool. You got to come back for another one. I would love to. This was great. I I love movies. I love talking about film. And um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Let me know. So real quick, let the people know where they can find you. Plug yourself. Also, tell them about Booking Room as well. Oh, yeah. Um, If you want to check in to your potential. That's what we say over at the Booking Room. You can always go to uh, BookingRoomLA.com. BookingRoomLA.com. Me, I'm on social media as Full Marcus, F-O-L-M-A-R-C-U-S. And uh, I'd love to, you know, have you follow me. I I do all my updates about what's coming up, going on, on there, uh, Instagram. And um, what else? Um, Alleyway, AlleywaySeries.com. Would love for your comments and um, share it and stay tuned for season two coming soon. I'm in there. I'm totally in there. You can find me on all the uh, social medias at I am Jay Alonzo. You talk to me, I'll talk back. Special shout out to my partner in crime, my brother, Kay Williams. Uh, don't forget, we're doing a, uh, another show this week. We're doing our, a live Oscar show on Saturday. Okay, so, so with the Oscar prediction show. So stick around for yeah. that. Yeah. Looking forward to that. How, how do you think the Oscars are going to go? I think it's going to be a good year. Um, yeah, we're going to have a, a good, diverse year. Probably a lot of, um, expect a lot of commentaries. Like, lots. You know, lots of social commentary. <laughs> lots, lots. And uh, we're, that's it. We're done. Another uh, episode of Back to Classics is complete. Thank you once again to Marcus Fulmar for riding in the DeLorean with us. Uh, thank you for putting gas in it. I was short this week, and uh, we can't wait to have you back on, man. All right. I'll see you soon. This is Back to the Classics. We are out. <laughs>